It is time to order your copy of The Discipline of Now, 12 Practical Principles to Overcome Procrastination, written by Eric M. Twiggs. By reading Eric's book, you will receive a proven roadmap and blueprint to beat procrastination so you can make more money, get more done, and become aligned with your divine purpose. To order your copy, visit www.thedisciplineofnow.com. Welcome <laughs> to the 30-minute hour. It's the weekly podcast where we discuss business, sports, politics, and whatever's on our mind. I'm your host, Eric Twiggs, your procrastination prevention partner. Joining me as always, he's my partner in crime. He's my right-hand man. He's the business strategist extraordinaire, the super CEO, the man that gets a new nickname every week, Ted Fells. <laughs> Greetings, everyone. All right, all right, cool. I I'm excited about our guest today. We're, we're gonna introduce him in a second. You're procrastinating. Not a stranger to us at all. As always, he's my partner in crime. He's you know, my right-hand man. He's the... <laughs> what you got going on over there, Eric? That's not me. That's that's me, man. Eric trying to tell me to stream, and I'm like, I don't know how to do that. Now I'm trying to stream it to everybody. I thought we was being hacked. <laughs> I thought we had, had somebody else joining. We had a special guest that we didn't know about. <laughs> yeah. You hack us, we let you come on in the fun. Come on in. Hey, we we're looking for the followers. So you right, know, come on, come on in. But whatever it takes, you know, hey. <laughs> hey, also, special shout out to those of you who are following us on Instagram, who are watching us on IGTV. Hi there. <laughs> that's how you do it. That's how you do it. We appreciate you. All right. This is certainly, as you can see, not your everyday podcast. Hopefully you continue to watch us, uh, but you can find us on Facebook. You can go to our uh, page. It's the 30minutehour.net. You can watch me live on IGTV, on Instagram. <laughs> to my left side. You can watch right. the left side of you. Right. So, so Facebook people, as you're watching me, I keep looking this way. I'm looking at the Instagram people. <laughs> Instagram people, when I look this way, I'm looking at Facebook. Don't think I'm leaving you out. I'm just, I'm just trying to capture everybody. Because this is not your everyday podcast. And, and those of you who are streaming live with us on Facebook, you can put your comments. I see people starting to, uh, starting to join slowly but surely. But definitely leave your comments. So uh, Facebook, say hello to us. Looking this way, I'm looking. <laughs> oh, this is gonna be good. This, this is gonna be an interesting show. <laughs> Already. Oh. So, so speaking of interesting, I mean, in, in the What Now Movement group, as you know, every Monday is Motivational Monday, and we had Dr. Shane was our guest today. Uh, he, came, he went on and did the, the live, and he, he gave some tips. He said that the tips he gave, it changed his life so much, it changed his tax code and his zip code. Yeah. It's possible. He, he said that thing is life changing. Mm. So you need to go to the What Now Movement Facebook group and, and watch that Motivational Monday. So speaking of which, you know, we're talking about the What Now Movement group that everybody needs to join. Ted, man, you've been doing this thing that's yeah. really getting a lot of traction. And, and it really ties into what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. 
Yeah, you call it Ted's two cents. That's right, my two cents. Matter of fact, let, let me, I'm gonna share it. I, I wanna give everybody a visual. I thought he was about to DJ Wody and give you some intro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we figured out as we go. That's right. We figured out as we go. This, this is something else. So, so every week in the What Now Movement group, we, we do what's called Ted's Two Cents. And, and Ted, can, can you speak to Ted's Two Cents for this week? Sure. So it's pretty straightforward. It says, you know, just because they are around you does not mean that they are in your circle. Mm. Yeah. Right, right. That, that can apply to business that can apply to your personal life just people around you does not mean that they are in your circle and so you're trying to get your real team right your real team of your friends and your real team of your, your your business team that's needed in order for you to be successful and it and all that stuff doesn't happen right away sometimes it takes some time to get the right team together you know, both personal and in business. So just because they're around you does not mean that they are in your circle. That's Get right. Your team right. That's my two cents. Oh, man. Oh, we, we certainly appreciate Ted's two cents. Ted's two cents. Now, you put pressure on me when you said it's every week. It's really not every week. It's kind of like when it come to mind, right? So oh, I didn't do nothing last week. Manifesting it. Yeah, but I got a couple in the queue. So we should be good for every week for the next couple of weeks. Well, hopefully you can come up with something next week, right? <laughs> oh, I got something in the queue we can use. That's something in the queue. It may, not be, standby. It, it may not be as applicable to, you know, the, to the guests, but I'll do the best I can do. Awesome, man. I certainly appreciate that. All right, man. So, Ted. Yes, sir. I got something that's on my mind. Please share, Eric. So today I want to talk to you. I want to ask you this question. Are you focused on the sweet spot? Mm. That's right. Mm. I, I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to look at the Instagram people as I say it. Yeah. Are you focused on the sweet spot? Okay. And, and so this story, you know, I guess he's got a basketball background, so he'll, he'll certainly appreciate this. So Coach John Wooden is considered to be the greatest coach of all time in any sport, right? Mm. So his UCLA Bruins, they won 10 national championships in 12 years. Mm. And he was named coach of the year six times. So as our guest could, would be able to tell you here in a second, that usually when a player goes up to a different level of competition, let's say they go from high school to college, their shooting percentage tends to go down. Mm. right because you're going to a high level of competition the stakes are higher so your shooting percentage normally goes down but with john wooden this was not the case so the players that john wooden coached their shooting percentage was actually higher when they played for him mm. than when they were in high school right and how is that possible? I know Ted is yeah. killing you. You're like, how is That's that possible? Wondering. How are they shooting higher? At Tougher competition, and they got, they just got better. Right, right, right. So, so here's what happened. So he, John, he was getting interviewed by Dr. John Maxwell in his book. It's called The Five Levels of Leadership. And during the interview, 
he said that, you know, many of the players, they came to him as average shooters, but they got better. And what he did was he studied them when they were in high school to see where their sweet spot was. In other words, he knew they had a specific spot on the floor where they were the most effective, right? So if you played for John Wooden, he designed specific plays according to where you were supposed to shoot. So if you were a 15-foot shooter, you ran, you ran the 15-foot play. So if anybody shot, if you were a 15-foot shooter and you shot from 30 foot, guess what happened? You went and sat on the bench right beside Coach Wooden, <laughs> right? So he focused on their sweet spot. And by doing this, he was able to build a winning team. Now you may be saying, okay, great story, Twigs, but I don't coach basketball. What, is, what does this have to do with me? What can I do to focus on the sweet spot in my life? Mm. Here it is. You ready? Ready. Mr. Grand People, you ready? Put the ham sandwich down. <laughs> listen to this. This is very important. You need to hire the right people for the right role. Mm. That's the key. That's the key to focusing on the sweet spot. Making sure you have the right people in the right role. Mm. And I bring this up because our guest today, he helps educators to focus on that sweet spot. He helps them to hire the right people for the right role. You know, some analogies that say, you know, get when you have people on the bus, make sure they're in the right seat. You're getting the wrong people off the bus, getting the right people on the bus. Whatever metaphor, analogy you want to use, just do it. Focus on the sweet spot. But our, our guest today is going to talk to us about how he does that and how he helps education. He, and he's, he's doing some big things in the field of education. Let's go ahead and introduce him right about now. All right. He is the founder and CEO of Educators Now, right? So Educators Now was founded to aid all educational institutions with placement, recruitment, and retention of qualified educators. He works with clients in private schools, K through 12, Montessori schools, charter schools, early childhood programs, and Head Start programs in Metro Atlanta and beyond to help them meet their hiring needs. He has a passion for education and wants all institutions to have the right people in place with a collective mission to help each student reach his or her greatest potential. Please join me in welcoming to the 30-minute hour, Kedar Whittle. What's up? What's up? Yeah. Yes. Welcome. All right. Man, it's an honor to have you on the show. Yeah, hey, you... I was going to cancel. <laughs> <laughs> Blessed to be here. I said, you got the energy to do it, do it. <laughs> and we're blessed that you didn't cancel on us. <laughs> now, for those that don't know, I just got out the hospital. I was in the hospital all weekend. I had surgery. I had major leg surgery. It's the second one. I, I'm, I'm claiming it is the last one. Um, but then my leg is going to be straight. All my Everything on that side of my body is going to be aligned. And I'm going to make a rec league comeback. And somebody YMCA league. <laughs> you gonna be out there giving it to them. Yeah, they giving them buckets. <laughs> so, man, let, let's talk about that real quick. So, part of the reason I, I chose that little opening is because I know you have a, a basketball background. Why, why don't you share 
like your basketball background and you, you ended up getting a scholarship to Norfolk State. Talk about that. Yeah, I ended up playing ball at Norfolk, graduated from Norfolk State, playing ball on scholarship there. Um, kind of thought I was going to go to the league or go overseas, but really didn't, um, really didn't display the passion needed for two a days overseas. This is mm. how it worked. Um, so eventually I, I went up to Boston for education. I went up there for grad school, but ended up uh, getting a job as a science coordinator for three middle schools. Hmm. While up there, I developed a science curriculum and I taught about 12 to 15 teachers a year how to teach that curriculum. Hmm. I'm making partnerships with um, like the Science Museum and other places in Boston that could bring value to the science program that this, these schools did not have. Interesting, interesting. But I, li I, li I like the John Wooden analogy because my gym in LA, our court is actually where the John Wooden Awards are held. Hmm. So every year, the prime athletes come in, come in town, stay at our athletic facilities, and it's just an honor just to be around so many young people like living out their dream. So it's definitely within that essence that I, I, I'm very familiar with the John Wooden. Yeah. So, I mean, and you're, you're an interesting guy, right? You, you're multi-talented. You, you, do, you do a lot of different things. Uh, but, but, I mean, what, I'm just curious, like, like, what is it specifically about education that you said, you know what, this is really something I need to focus on? Hey, you know, I'm blessed. I'm blessed and fortunate that I knew from a young age education was my thing. Um. Now I did I did some U-turns and some and some ups and downs and some over some valleys and under some rocks to get there. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I knew education was going to be my thing. And for me, it was my relationship um, with God that directed my path. Now there are some things that I had to be in tuned with to confirm that. And when I look back over my my not childhood, but when I look back over the jobs that I've had, the pleasures that I've had, the satisfaction that I've had, all of those jobs were within education. Mm. And let's say it's not even formal education. Let's say it's me taking the two kids down the block that don't know how to play basketball and taking them under my wing. Let's say it's my cousin who's struggling. I'm over his house and I'm helping him with his work. You know, it's easy for me. My mom's a retired educator. My sister's currently a principal. My dad, he's in sales, but you know, when sales, when you're making that transition, you got to do something. And he went into substitute teaching every now and then. I mean, it's in me. It's in my house. Education is something that's super valued. And I know the power of it. And, you know, they tell, they tell us the power of education is at the schoolhouse. It ain't. It's there. It can't help. But the power of education is all around. And we all have it in us. Like, we all have it in us to educate. And it doesn't have to be one of the five hot subjects. It could be finances, which should be a hot subject. It should be life, which is a hot subject. It should be anything. So does it, so does it require you to be good at it, to and, teach it? <laughs> you got to be good. There's some, there's some bad ones out there. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, because you had all those educators around you, so you must have had all good grades in school. No. Uh, yes, and. Mm. Yes, when I wasn't being bad. Mm. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I definitely had my rebel phases, um, but for the most part, I always knew education 
would be would be my be my thing. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So if, if you could go back in time when you were uh, a sophomore at Norfolk State, kind of knowing what you know now, what, what advice would you give to yourself? Man, I would let that girl alone long. <laughs> I wouldn't even talk to her. She took away a whole two semesters of my life. I just, I just, uh, I would have saved my refund check. Hmm. Refund check that I would have gotten, I would have saved it. I would have figured out how to purchase around the campus so I can live off campus and charge people rent. Mm. Um, and I, I would have maybe stayed on a dorm an extra year. I mean, stayed on campus an extra year, save that money. Hmm. Okay. And, yeah. and you, know what, you know what I didn't take advantage of? I didn't take advantage of all the connections, all the networking that could have gone on at the schools. Hmm. Like going to an HBCU alone, there's so much rich history that's there that if you don't tap into it, you're missing out on why you are at an HBCU. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's interesting you say that because I, I can say for myself, like, I, I didn't realize how powerful and important networks were. Yeah. Like, you think, okay, you know, if I, if I just work hard and do my thing, that's going to get me ahead. Right. But, it, you know, you hear the thing, oh, yeah, it's who you know, but it is really who you know mm -hmm. a lot of times. Yeah. Do, you, do, you, do you both think that that's more something that, should be coming more from the students or more from the alumni to let students know that this network is out there? Well, I think when we were in school, and I'm include y'all in that, um, because even when I was in school, I don't know if we really knew how powerful networking is from a mass, pers from a mass perspective. I think individuals at the school knew, but now, I mean, because of like social media, mm. networking is probably the number number two tool that you can have in life. Because I mean, yeah. you talk with people. Um, so I think now, one, students are aware, but I think two, the organizations plus the leaders at the school should create the environment to do. But they should also create it off campus, because how many how many Norfolk State students went and talked to the the mayor of Norfolk? Want to set up a meeting with the mayor of Norfolk? How many people talked to the governor of the state of Virginia? Like how many how many people actually sought out to talk to others? Uh, let's say there's a guy that is from uh, when I was in school, a Sigma, Devon Henry. He does construction. I wonder how many construction owners he could have networked, networked with while in college. And let's say, I hope he, I hope he did because he's very successful. But it's those things that if we learn how to take advantage of them, like while in school, it's, it's, it's super easy coming out. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Great point. Yeah, for sure. So you're, uh, you're known as the rock star of education. Yeah, man. How did that? How did that come about? I I got a I got a real real rebel side of me. Shocking. <laughs> right. I <know>, totally shocking. 
And the hard part is, like when you when you, like when you like when you supposed to be like, you know what I'm saying? Right, like, right, right. That ain't really what education is. Mm. It ain't really like. like you, sometimes you gotta sweat. Sometimes you gotta get dirty. Sometimes you gotta rock out with the kids. Sometimes you just gotta have fun. And I'm all about having fun. I'm all about. I'm all about not life being, but life don't have to be boring. Mm. And everything I do is education. Like everything I do, I I, I got four companies. They all education related. Hmm. So, so you bring like a different flavor. It's not your traditional. Okay, class. Yeah, we're doing it today. Uh, it's it's none of that, bro. So when I so I actually used to teach at uh, one of the schools up in Boston. And we used to start the school day off, the school class with off every day. They would have to say their name, how they feel, and they had to choose. They had to choose a word that's better than good. Hmm. You won't ever, ever, ever hear me say, "Yeah, I'm good." No, I'm great. You won't ever see me even type "Good morning." I always type "Great morning." Hmm. So they had to get, they had to say a word that's better than good. And at the end, all the kids came together. They said, my name is, um, let's say, Carlos. My name is Carlos, and I am somebody. And that's how we started every class. Mm. It just, it woke them up. It gave them that positive energy. I believe, and I taught them that I believe in the power of the tongue. And some people came in there like, bad attitude, not feeling it, not trying to give it to me. Bro, you either gonna step out or you gonna step in. I'd rather you in and let's pour this love on you so you can get out of it, at least for this class, so you can be open to learning. Cause some people walk in class, they're not even open to learning. Mm. Yeah. So that's why I, I like to be the rock star of education. I'm I'm a wild child. I go out. I'm I got four kids. My wife is pregnant. There's nothing traditional about this house over here at all, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So we're on the 30-minute hour. You're watching us here live. We've got the rock star of education, Peter Whittle. And then we got more and more people starting to join us on different formats. Again, type your comments in. Say hello. Eric, I think we might start starting to show about 7, 7.25. That's when folks start coming on. I think they're having dinner at like 6.30, 6.45. Then they start trickling in. Y'all, the show is 7 o'clock. <laughs> Seven-ish, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we 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 got a laid-back crowd. They just they just join us, but now we definitely appreciate, appreciate you. you. Make sure you type it in your comments. YouTube, folks that are watching us on Instagram, IGTV. So you forgot you forgot the Instagram people. Yeah, man. I, I don't want to leave out the Instagram folks, right? Can't leave out the IG folks. Them the them the ones that's gonna follow you for a couple more years. These Facebook folks might die. <laughs> Anybody watching you on IGTV, keep them. They're gonna be around for a couple of years. Hey, <laughs> oh man. So Kida, so you're you're the founder and CEO of Educators Now. So talk to us about like who your client is and how specifically do you help them? Now, uh, so our partners, and I call everyone partners, we're all partners in education. Uh, we service childcare facilities, so like the YMCA, 
Boys Girls Club, Shelter in Arms, um, those institutions, um, United Way, um, as well as after school programs. So any uh, elementary school that has an after school program, we also service those schools as well as grade schools, K through 12. Um, mostly charter schools, private schools, Montessori. Um, we just got into a public school sector, so that's awesome. Um, so we're excited about that. A lot of the public schools are realizing that they are failing at just substitute teaching. Hmm. It's a lot to manage on their own. So now they're not going to fully give it over to third-party companies, but they're now welcoming uh, some RFPs just to, to handle uh, some of the substitute teaching. So it's great. I mean, we're childcare all the way through 12th grade. And what's amazing about it is some people don't know that they can do it. Hmm. They, they just don't know that they can be in education. I mean, 95% of what we do is substitute teaching. Like 95% of what we do is that day-to-day -day support. That last minute, <laughs> I can't make it. That, you know what I'm saying? We come in too, right away. Um, but we also provide over 100, like it doesn't sound like a lot, but 100 permanent placement teachers a year that's that's crazy um and the great part about it is all they need is a high school diploma or a ged equivalent and can pass a background check they could they could be in a child care facility they can be an assistant at a child care facility now once you start moving to your lead teacher and uh people that are actually delivering the lessons that's when we're partnered with our local colleges and universities to get that pipeline of people that are in education so that we can make sure we continue to serve wow hmm wow. So, you, so you partner with the university but, but how else do you find like all these teachers i hire people and okay. they find them i don't find them no more <laughs> no out ads we have indeed ads word of mouth before COVID, we were doing a lot of career fairs which we're now starting to pick up doing career fairs virtually but we have a couple in-persons coming up but we'll, we'll try to hire as many people as possible because there's such a need like i am not going to claim what i do is like unique like i found it like oh no he found the one thing the one part no it's like four of the companies that do what i do they don't do it as well as we do <laughs> Right, right. With as much love and care, because I come from the industry. A lot of these, a lot of these companies, they don't come from the industry. They come from I'm an entrepreneur. I come from education. I don't care. I care about the dollar because I gotta, I gotta have the dollar to keep the company going. But at the end of the day, and you will hear all my, all anybody that works with us, all of our contract, all of our teachers. At the end of the day, all I care about is the scholar. That's it. Hmm. So whatever, whatever you got going on in your life. When you show up at that school, leave it at the front door. You are there for the scholar. Hmm. That attitude that, that just keeps us moving forward. And, and that's why schools love us. So you mentioned something not too long ago about, you know, when that person is not feeling well, that, that teacher, and they call in, and then you send someone in to be a substitute. How has that worked with this whole virtual world? Like, so I, I, Atlanta. I'm in Atlanta. Atlanta is wide open. <laughs> all the time. Like, y'all think I'm playing, but Atlanta is wide open. So we have some teachers that are actually um, teaching virtually. They're like a long-term sub, or they'll be there for the whole year. They're teaching virtually. So they fall right in line with whatever whatever's going on. Our child care facilities, 
they're open. Mm-hmm. So some some they retained some staff, but for the most part, we get calls and be like, hey, you got six people you can send us today? Because those childcare facilities are open. Because if you think about it, like a lot of those, a lot of people that drop their kid off, they're frontline workers. Mm. They work at the Chick-fil-A. That's frontline, bro. They work somewhere where they got to clock, clock in on an hour and they need that. So the childcare facilities are open. Now, I did start another company. Um, I, I, so at the end of the day, there will be an umbrella of companies, of education companies under one big umbrella. Because of COVID, I went ahead and moved forward. I, I moved forward a two-year plan to now and started a company called Tutors on Demand. With Tutors on Demand, we actually deploy teachers into homes to help with virtual learning. Mm. I know these parents can't do it. They can't. They frustrated. Hey, 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 hold on, hold on. Why are you looking at me when you say that, man? I'm talking about frustrated. So we come in, we, we we send a teacher, create a positive learning environment, encourage them to get through the lesson, make sure they're logged in where they're supposed to be logged in, uh, take them outside, get some fresh air, try to service the whole child. And it'd be a couple of parents that get together and they, they have like three or four kids in this pod. So we actually deploy the teacher there to make sure that that happens. So, so basically that, that's a pivot that you made just because of the pandemic. But I had to, man. I had to figure out how to make this money. I'm married to a strong black woman. No <laughs> <laughs> money payments in this house, bro. <laughs> Ain't no late payments over here. So, I mean, we, we're talking about the pandemic and it's been a tough trying time for a lot of people. I mean, what advice do you have for people in education during these tough times? What are some things that they can do to kind of pivot? And... Um, my, my serious advice, drink margaritas. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'll just play, I'll just play, I'll just play. <laughs> Right now, education is tough. And teachers are tired. Yeah. Bro, they, they didn't get hired to teach virtually. They didn't get hired to upload a bunch of paperwork. They didn't get hired to shoot a bunch of videos. They didn't get hired to deal with parents, deal with the school system, and deal with the administrative staff about virtual learning and regular learning. They didn't do that. Now, now you have kids going back to school, and they still have to teach virtually. So you're going to have kids in the classroom on a computer while she's teaching virtually to people at home. That's, that's a lot of stress. And this is something new for all of us. So teachers, like, please, please, please. This year has been a struggle. Um, the, uh, the number of education graduates decrease each year. I can only imagine what this will do to that freshman class that came in and said, I want to be an educator or that sophomore that like, Oh, I really got to take these education classes, but yeah, I don't know about that. Mm -hmm. Only imagine. So just stick with it, figure out what you want out of education and start plugging away at that because I'm in education. I'm not, I'm not in the classroom. I'm in education and I'm not in the building every day. I'm in education and we can still make a difference. So you just got to figure that part out. But we don't need you to lead. We don't need you to lead the industry. Like we need you. We need you. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Great advice. So now, in addition to what you're doing in the education field, I mean, you, you're also you've been successful in the, inter- in the entertainment world as well. I mean, you've been an actor, you've been a stand-up comedian. I mean, how, how did you get involved in the arts? He's looking like I'm. Yeah, I am pretty awesome. <laughs> I'm pretty awesome. <laughs> I played basketball my whole life, and for, for some reason, I always thought I could be Bud off the Cosby Show, and I could do what Urkel does off off the Urkel Show. What's the show called? Family Matters. Matters. I figured I could be both of them dudes. So there was always some kind of level of entertainment within me. And when I played ball, I felt like I was out there entertaining. I didn't want to live with any regrets. Hmm. I did a play. Like, all right, cool, let me do a play. And the response from that play was so overwhelming. You can only imagine I received it. <laughs> it was like, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> and I just started down this path where I, I, I became a professional actor in Boston. And then I auditioned for my theater in New York. And I did two years on Broadway. And wow. moved out to L.A. for like 12 years. Uh, but I always said, hey, you know what, when, I'm doing this acting stuff so I can open up schools all around the world. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> God was like, nah, bro, I need you to open up the schools first. <laughs> so it's, it's cool, man. It's great. I mean, I'm still in it. I'm on a show right now on Showtime called Your Honor. Uh, we're still shooting our first season, so it's not out yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to pub my stand-up special that's out there because it is – before my PR firm got with me and told me I can't say certain things. <laughs> but that's the rock star of education life. Like, I mean, you get it all. Like, like you, can't, you can't tell me it ain't no parents at home, that, no kids at home that have seen their parents have a whole comedy show with their uncles and, and, and nephews and everybody. Like, they see. It is what it is. Like, like we're, it's a bunch of different flavors in this world, you know? Like, I could talk to, I could talk to all of them, bro. Don't get it twisted. Yeah. I, I can go from Bankhead to Buckethead. <laughs> <laughs> so have you found that your, your experience, I guess the better question, how has your experience in the arts helped you in business? Comfortable. It makes me comfortable. Yeah. Uh, you know, being, being doing stand-up, bro, you get on that stage and it's like you and the mic. <laughs> what you going to do? Right. When, when I get into these, I get into these meetings, bro. A lot of a lot of people that I deal with in education are women. It is what it is. I come in with my suit on. I you I got a fresh shave. I got my hair cut. Ain't I making you laugh? Oh, you getting this contract? <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it is. I'm super comfortable around people and just you know connecting dots. Yeah, that's interesting. But they say now they're looking at like these fine art schools. So like like business people are looking like at UCLA's fine arts department. Right, right, because they're creative. They can think outside the box. Man, this is this world we live in is not within a box. Mm-hmm. A box that we're looking at right now. I'm actually in a box, and my phone is a box. Those are the boxes that we need to be looking at because that's where it's. Awesome, awesome. So, so what's I mean, what's next on the horizon for you? So COVID, COVID made me, COVID made me change. I ain't going to elaborate. Like, 
I felt like, you know, we the company is good enough for now. I'm going to just lay the company down. Kind of like riding a motorcycle. I'm going to lay the bike down. I'm going to get up and ride again one day. <laughs> um, but I, I, I couldn't quit. I felt like I was quitting. I felt like I was letting kids down. I felt like I was letting families down by not offering a solution. Like I, like, so now it's just moving full steam ahead with my plan of expansion of the company that I had from the get-go. Yeah. It's, this like our company will be the biggest in the southeast within the next three years no doubt in my mind like it, it like it's super easy like i know it will be but i need to be in texas i need to be in oklahoma i need to be up in maine i got connect i got connects in michigan so right now it's just building out educators now making sure we are sustainable not just from a financial perspective but from a workflow perspective from a duplication perspective yeah. Uh, because I feel like you know, coming into the business, I, it was me. I did it all. Yeah. I did it. I did. I, I was HR. I did the orientations. I did the interviews. I went to talk to the schools. I placed everyone. I would get text messages. I get text messages from four forty-five a.m. to eleven o'clock at night. I'm placing teachers. I did it. I did it for two years by myself, and I started hiring people. And I started hiring more people, and now I have a whole office. We got a whole office of people. Um, so I started working on the business and not in the business. Mm. I really had to make that transition because you can't really grow if you don't figure out how to get out of, like, how to work on the business. If you all see, you can't see down the street. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's hard to focus on the forest if, you, if uh, you're stuck in the trees, that's for sure. And, and, and you, and you kind of have to do it. it. For me, it was, I think I missed like three emails. I went from being on top of my invoices, like, shoot, and folks turning the timesheet, I'm invoicing you right away. <laughs> invoicing for like two weeks. So it's like, oh, because I guess financially I'm comfortable. I can wait two weeks. <laughs> but it's like, I'm really not. I need that money. But I don't have the time. All you need to hire somebody. <laughs> yeah. So, that's how that's how it worked out for me. Awesome, man. That's awesome. So how can our, our followers best get connected with you? I'm on I'm on all social platforms at Kedar, K-E-E-D-A-R. Uh, you can always send me uh, uh, contact me at office at educatorsnowllc.com. Um, if you wanna you, you wanna book me, you wanna talk. Let's talk. I, I don't mind. I love doing podcasts and talking about education. The more we can get the word out there, maybe, maybe y'all one day got a day off and you want to go substitute teach. Maybe, maybe, it, maybe it provokes you to do something twice a year in the education world. Um, you talking about us? Like Eric? Yeah. Even man, if man, them kids ain't got enough patience for me, man. I get up in there, man. Them kids like look. Hey, look, hey, look, when was the last time you volunteered at, at your church with the youth? Man, you know, look, look, I ain't done nothing at church. It seemed like eight months anyway. I can't, I can't remember last time I did something outside a virtual church. Maybe one of these conversations helped get you there and say, you know what? I, you know, I'm going to go volunteer this Saturday doing that. So uh, hit up, uh, I have a PR firm, Mia, Modern Creative. You can hit up uh, info at Modern Creative. Uh, but yeah, get at me, man. Instagram, I get, get slide in my DMs. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm married. So, so, 
so so as far as like the whole educational industry, right? I mean, you know, because everybody always talks about when things get back to normal. Like, I mean, do like what are your thoughts on getting back to normal? What's normal going to look like? Is it going to be a hybrid of what? You know, uh, I think it's going to be everybody got to have their COVID shot, their COVID vaccine before they come. 2021, 2022, just like they do the flu shot. You got to have it. If you've already started vaccines, you got to keep getting the vaccines. So if you haven't started them, don't start them. But if you have started vaccines, you have to continue with vaccines all throughout college, all up until college. Um, so I think that's going to be a new normal. I think the sensitivity of just the educators, the sensitivity of their, <coughs> oh, my throat. <coughs> Oh, I can't go today. So we might have to see an increase in uh, sick time. Mm. Because, I mean, what you going to tell somebody? Like, I ain't got no more sick days. You going to show up? <laughs> I don't really want to do that. You can still give somebody the flu. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't care if you had a flu shot or not. You can still give someone the flu. Yeah. I think those are going to be new normals that we're just going to have to get used to. I don't think they're going to lot of letters, uh, lot let a lot of sh strangers in the building. Mm. I don't think too many outside people are going to be able to come in buildings anymore unless it's, I mean, unless we're talking like two, three years from now when our guard is back down. But mm. when they start back in January face-to-face, -face, which a lot of schools down here in Georgia are starting back in October, when they start, when everybody start back face-to-face -face in January, I think those are going to be the new changes. And you're going to see that trickle over till 2021, 2022. Now, what they need to do, though, is we need to hire more people in mental health to go into the classrooms. Because as we navigate through these new normals, as adults, it's tough for us. Imagine how tough it is for the kids. So we're hopefully schools are going to come on board. Hopefully somebody come give every school a million dollars to bring in just some health officials. Because our kids, our babies need it. I, mean, I think it's, it's going to be kind of the next normal. Yeah. Thing. I mean, we yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. We're going to have a next normal. I, I do think our guard is going to go back down. Yeah. I do think we are going to, I mean, Atlanta's already doing it, but I think the rest of the country is going to go back to having concerts of a thousand people aboard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Atlanta had a concert this weekend. It was T.I.'s birthday. You didn't think we was going to have a concert? <laughs> T.I. and 2 Chains had a concert. <laughs> But, but, I, but I think eventually our guard is going to be let down. We're going to feel like everyone is safe again. And then maybe another re-election is coming. Mm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. You, you mentioned this thing about the, the teachers that call in sick. I, I just always wonder, you know, like, why does everybody have to use the sick voice? When I, don't know, I don't know why they don't tell the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Got to use the sick voice. Oh, yeah. They you know, hey man, I'm not feeling too good. I'm not coming in. They used to see they go all out, bro. And then they make it, bro. They lie to me. I'll be like, no, you should tell me. I want this dollar. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh man, one up high. <laughs> all right, cool. This is the perfect time for us to go around the horn. So, Kedar, this is Ted's favorite show, part of the show where we actually leave everybody with like a final thought. You know, what do they want us to, what we want them to remember. 
Makita, we'll start with you. Like, what's your final thoughts you want to leave people with based on today's show? Eric, what's going on with your volume? Like, I can, are you like whispering? That's it. That's his mature Monday voice. Please leave it. <laughs> mature Monday. And I hope you didn't forget about the Instagram people because you haven't looked to your, your left in a while. <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all, we're going around the horn. Just to miss that. <laughs> Here's I'm going to say a couple of things. One, gratitude. Awesome. Thanks, bro, because it's, bro, it's some folk, man. My cousin lost her dad and her granddaddy same week. Mm. Same week. Give thanks. Give thanks because we're here and we have another opportunity to do it. And the second thing I'm going to say is we have the power. Anything you want to do in life, manifest it because it can happen. God has already prepared the path. He has already placed the, uh, the people that you need. He has already placed the situation. You just got to go manifest it. My whole life, my whole life, people have said I'm favored. And I have worn that with pride to think I am special. Mm. I just realized last month, last month, I just realized this. It's not that God sprinkled some favor dust on every third person. He sprinkled favor dust on everybody. Mm. The people who recognize that they are highly favored, they just walk in it. They received the favor dust and they walk and they move forward with it. Everybody else who don't say they're not favored, it's because they don't believe it. But God gave it to you. God didn't make you, God, God didn't make one person special over the next. We got it all, baby. Whatever you want to do, you can do. That's awesome, man. Great message. Great message. Eric, how am I going to follow Reverend Kedar? <laughs> Kedar done just preached a sermonette. <laughs> right. A little bit. <laughs> man, that just, you know, just amazes me and just all the different things that you do, man. And, you know, and just appreciate what you're doing, man, for the, the youth out there, man. I could... Just imagine what it would be like to be in your class, because I'm sure that all of that kind of comes together in a in a class. I'm sure one thing the class is never going to be is born. <laughs> That's just not going to happen. But just everything that you said today around just kind of how you pivoted, you know, and the kind of your vision for your organization and where you're going. I mean, it just, you know, it just makes you, all of us should just think about how we're going to be able to pivot and, you know, and not just get stuck in, Okay, here's the situation. Schools are not, you know, people aren't going to school. Okay, you found you found where there was a need, right? You addressed a need. And I think that's really what this whole pivot thing is about, is you know, there's still needs out there. You know, when you see what that need is, you know, then see how you can best address it. So I think you've done a great job of that of that. And I think that's helped all of us, not just entrepreneurs, but just, you know, you know, just individuals like no need to crying about it. You need to figure something out and you know, figure out what you're going to do now, Eric. You know? Right. I mean, it really just speaks to that whole, we talk about the what now movement. It's like, okay, what now? And he certainly has uh, answered that question. Uh, so when I, when I think about my, my around the horn piece, we talked about at the beginning, this idea of finding your sweet spot. And you can tell just by watching Kedar, he's found his, right? Whenever he's talking about it, just watch his body language when he starts talking about education. It's just like he's leaning into it. 
the parachute about that thing. You can't fail no class that Keto is in because he because he get, you you just didn't want to pass if you failed class Keto. <laughs> right, and, and that has to come across when he's getting out getting business, right? Yeah. When he's not talking to uh, potential clients, I mean that has to come across. And I think this has been like a great example of why you need to find your sweet spot and, and why you need to find that thing that you're, I mean, he's doing a lot of things. I mean, he's acting. He's, he, I didn't hear that same passion when he was talking about being on Showtime. Yeah, hey, that's true. That's true. Yeah. True. I'd be like, hey, I'm going to be on Showtime. <laughs> did y'all hear, hear, hear me say I was going to be on Showtime? Like, I'd have said that about three more times throughout the show. I'd be that check. That's right. That's right. <laughs> But no, I mean, so I think that that's a key takeaway. You know, everybody needs to focus on what their what their sweet spot is, and what's that thing that really just yep. uh, causes you to feel that passion. Find that passion, love it for sure, for sure. All right, it's something you know, something I didn't mention at the beginning, but I guess I'll go ahead and mention it now. It, it pains me to say this. I, I I left this out the out of the bio. I guess I'll just. I don't know why I pain you. He, he, our guest is a proud member of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. I, I, I didn't even mention that at the beginning. Yeah. Would you look at Would you look at there? <laughs> look at that red. Look at that red. That crimson curtain in the background. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. All one easy number twelve. Uh, Bobby Boucher. <laughs> Mob life. Oh goodness. This, this show is slowly turning into the Kappa Hour. Right? <laughs> Blessing you, man. That's it. We just <laughs> That's it. That's it. Okay. Cool. But now, this, this has been an awesome show. Uh, this is All great. Right. I'm about to share this ASAP. Yeah, man. So, uh, special shout out to Keto Whittle. Again, I know you gave it to us earlier, but give it to the folks again. You know, we got a late arriving crowd. So, you got more people that have arrived since you gave it the last time. But yeah, yeah, tell everybody how they can get get a get a hold of you. At Kedar, at K E E D A R. Always send me an email, office at educatorsnowllc.com. Uh, you just find me on social media. I will, somebody will respond. I might not be, but somebody will respond to you. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, fantastic. Well, that that's that concludes this week's episode of the Thirty Minute Hour Podcast. Yes. Again. It's not your everyday podcast. Make sure you go to our website, the30minutehour.net. Shout out once again to the folks hey, watching yo. on Instagram, on IGTV. I didn't forget about you. I might not have been looking at you the whole time, but I didn't forget about you. You was thinking about them. That's right. You was on my mind this whole episode. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, but this has been fantastic. Until next time, have a great one. Thank you. Hey, how I put it on? Oh, wait, we still recording? That's okay. We get. <laughs> That's how we do it. We don't do no editing and all that. We. What is it on IG? Because I can put it on my IG TV as well. Yeah, it's a 30 minute hour. All right, I get. I got you. Ah, right, this was fun, fellas. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. I really did. I really did tell Teresa to hit y'all up to say I can't do it, but she forgot. So I was like, Nah, I'm gonna muster through it. Like I got to. And, but I told her this like a week ago when I remembered I had surgery. And she did, and I was like, all right, well, I got it. Okay, yeah, man, I appreciate you mustering through it, man. Yeah, for sure, man. I appreciate y'all. I like, I like this. One. I like this. Yeah, man. Been good, man. Been good. Right. We're we gonna have to find some ways there to get with kiddos. We're looking at some of these education opportunities too with uh, WNM yeah. Ventures. 
Yeah. Y'all got a, you got a nonprofit? So, you know, we've got the What Now Movement, but we also have a side of it's WNM Ventures, mm -hmm. where we're actually working with providing like educational support to different companies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so Ted, you know, I, I connected him and Dr. Sharon. Okay. Yeah, Dr. Sharon, you know, she, she has her show that's all about education and she's got all kinds of connections and resources in education. And it's, when I say, so the next phase, like year five, year five, I now, well, I'm starting it now, but I'm just starting to get into 8A, get, starting to get some of these military contracts. Oh, you, oh, you know, so you need to talk to us. You know, you know, I've already gone through the 8A program. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, we did that, man. We finished that in 2009, so I know how to work it, and that's some of the stuff we're talking about with WM Ventures. So, yeah, man, working the government industry. I've been doing that for 20 years. Bro, my guy, he was, um, I think he said he do, I think he had, at one point before AA, he was doing like $5 million a year. He do like $60 a million, $60 million a year. 60 He was like, he, he crushing it. He in 22 states. His company in 22 states. He's retired military, too. Oh, yeah. He was telling me some of the RFPs that he see because he's in staffing. Yeah. A lot of, he says that he sees a lot in education. Like, a lot of these bases need schools and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. DOD, they got the Department of Department of Defense Education Activity, DODEA. Yeah, and just about a lot of these entities have schools around the world. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so we'll keep you uh, keep you in mind as we're looking for that, some of that stuff, too. Working on that 8A application, I'm definitely going to come to y'all now that you done been through. Oh, yeah, they're definitely holler at me, man, because uh, we're going to be We'll definitely be uh, working. You know, the A&A stuff, man, you can do the, you can do the sole source contract up to $4 million. Mm -hmm. Make give you a contract because they like you. It's A&A. That's, that, that, that's, that's the blessing there when they be like, oh, oh, you can do this? Okay. And especially this time of year when it's in the fiscal year, by the thir between now and the 30th. You got to get that money. They got, they got, they don't want to carry it into the, you know, they don't want to lose it. Right. But the A&A, definitely, man, that you, so when you you looking at applying for that soon? I, I so I was in this program up in Boston uh, at Babson College, and it was yeah couple, yeah. It was a couple of people in AA there. Uh, it was the Goldman Sachs ten thousand. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. How'd you like that program? Awesome. It was yeah. awesome. I took advantage. I took advantage. I'm taking advantage of that program. Like it's. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they were talk, talking to me about it. So I started doing my research on it, and so uh, my office manager Teresa. We started now, now that they're saying I'm a first. I, I didn't call myself a CEO. I'm like, bro, we all in this work. I don't, I don't care about titles, but she was like, you're the CEO. There's certain things that you have to start doing now. So I'm in all the chambers, I'm in the business clubs, but starting to put out uh, what's next. And the AA yeah. application is like, what's next? Yeah, let me know how I can help you. We can help you because definitely know how to get it and leveraging it. And you know, and it's all about getting to those people, man, that's inside that are those decision makers. People mm -hmm. got the money. So between those program people and education. So we've been supporting Department of Education, my company, for probably over 10 years. We do a, we have a contract now. We support the National Center for Education Statistics. Okay. And so they've been doing, you know, all this uh, studies around, uh, like, student testing. Trying to, how do they get people to do more of these standardized tests? We bring in all these you know, these teachers from around the country and they 
started trying to come up with different, you know, approaches to how to improve testing and the participation in that and do all these white papers and stuff. I'm gonna keep you in mind for all that stuff, man. That's what we need right there. That's yeah. Right yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I appreciate y'all, fellas. Cool, man. Cool. We'll see you Wednesday, hopefully. All right. See you Wednesday, man. All right. Peace. So what's up, Eric? Yeah, man. Good stuff. That was. That was, man. I'm telling you, man, we gotta get this, we gotta get this thing going, man, with this uh once we get this day going, uh get this uh this this capability document done and get that website going. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I said during the meeting yesterday, let's do it on Tuesday. I ain't wanna push it another week. Mm-hmm. Like you're basically there. All you do is throw a couple things in there, Dr. Sharon is done. You know, put your name in there, point person, all that, and then you got something and then just start trying to find some work. Yeah. And if she can connect with that um that Sharon Pender, I think that would be big. Absolutely. Uh-huh. So you saw just about every one of those agencies has a diversity program office, uh, officer. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. We definitely got the subject matter experts. Yeah, now it's just, just going after the, you know, going after the stuff, man. Did you ever have a chance to reach back to your lady at Pension Benefit? Not yet. I got her yeah. thing. I wanted to have. Um, get this, you want to get the sheet together first. Yeah, in case she said, okay, hey, send me something. Yeah. You'd be like, bam. Yeah. Do we have a, um, what, what are you plan on using as the company phone number? I mean, I could just use uh, the 80, my 888 number, 812-4705. I already yeah. have like a, I could do that. Why would you have in mind? Um, either that or you can look at uh, like Vonage. They got those, any of those ones where you got a phone number and you can put a, a voice or something on there and then they can forward to your, you know, to your phone. Because I, I have that set up anyway. With okay, my yeah. 888 number. Well, if that's the one you want, whichever way you do it, as long as you have something, because you're going to need something to put on that capability document. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'll get that finalized this week and then get the website out. Yeah, and I'll just tweak, I can just tweak my little on hold message or whatever. And then, because it goes like, it goes to my phone, my cell phone. And then if I don't pick up there, it, uh, it'll send me an email with the message so I can see who's calling and all that. Cool. Mm-hmm. OK. Well, cool. All right, all right partner. Catch you later. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that, that game yesterday, man? He had a tough one. Y'all, 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 put, a, y'all put a jinx on him. He ain't, he ain't played that bad since the, his first game against the Giants. Yeah, he can't be throwing having four turnovers. I mean, that's just and so the thing is, even with all the turnovers, it was still still a chance. It was still in the game. Still a chance. Still I tell you what, that daggone sweat is a monster. Man, he was all over the place, man. Can you imagine somebody being that big and running a four, three, eight. Man, he man, he, man, he ran that Baker Mayfield down, boy. That's what I'm saying. With with him and Chase. Man, they're going to terrorize quarterbacks for years to come, man. I mean, the defense is good enough to keep us in every game. If, if you just, like, if he doesn't uh, make turnovers, we can win. See, one thing I liked about yesterday, though, was the past couple games, he was almost playing like Alex Smith, where he just wasn't taking any shots. So you take some shots, you throw some interceptions, get that out, and just keep playing. 
keep playing and get better. They, he had enough tape this week for him to learn a lot from because not only did he throw the three interceptions, there was another ball that should have been an interception that one of the receivers went and hit the guy and made him fumble. Because right, that right. would have been that was right in somebody's hand. So there's enough tape for him to look at everything that he needs to improve on. And I just think he's gonna get better. Like I wouldn't be surprised to see him play a lot better against the Ravens on Sunday. You know. So it's just they just have to just that's gonna be a tough one. That's gonna be a tough one. It's gonna be a tough one. But I mean I think that I, I just I like the fact, man, that, that we got such a young team. Like you think about, like you think about the offense. Like of the skilled players, the only player that was playing last year was really McLaurin. All the running backs are new. All the receivers are new. The tight end is new. A couple people on the line are, you know, were there, but that's a whole, you know, new new coach, new offensive coordinator. I mean, you know, but they 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 play hard, you know. They, you know, they've been saying a whole lot about about this whole thing about uh, the coach like sitting on the game toward the last couple minutes, like he doesn't use his timeouts. Like it's not like he just almost get to a point they're down by two touchdowns. It's like three four minutes. He's just like, I'm just gonna let the clock run out. I don't even try to you know do any timeouts. And he's done it two straight games, so people are starting to. Wonder what the deal is. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get that. Like, why? Is, I don't understand why. Is he trying to save Haskins, or I don't get that. I mean, I think they just ought to learn how to play. You know, play. You know, for the most part, try to play to the whistle. You know, to the end of the clock. You know, now if it's a time when you know people you see they trying to the, the opponents taking a knee and trying to you know trying just to. Be respectful, not running a score up on you. Then I guess you know you kind of pick and choose there. But if it's like okay, you got four minutes left in the game, and they, you know, and somebody's running the ball, call the timeout. You know, make them punt, get another drive out there. You know. But uh, but yeah, but anyway, that's cool. So I guess I'll jump up out of here. Hopefully see something from Dr. Sharon tomorrow and we can maybe get this thing uh, closed out. You got that number. You know, we can put that on there and get that get it done. It looked good. Let's start getting it out to some people. Yeah. All right, man. Well, have a good one. All right. All right. Peace.